Now is the time for all good men to come to the aid of the party. Anyone have the urge to blow something up? Me, me, pick me. <laughs> On this episode of Moving Panels, we discuss Mandrake. Welcome to Moving Panels, the podcast where we discuss movies and TV shows based on, inspired by, and adapted from the world of comic books. I'm your host, Laramie Wells, and joining me today in the co-host chair, it's Bethany Wells. Now you see me, now you see me too. She's she's proud of herself on that one. <laughs> Very proud of yourself. So That's, that's the best you're going to get this week. That's fine. Uh, we, I have been doing my one shots on Mandrake the Magician and going through the 1939 movie serial, which wasn't great. Uh, and then I found out there was a, a TV series, a pilot for a TV series. So pretty much it was just a TV movie, uh, back in 1979. That's just titled Mandrake. And, uh, I, and he went, you know what? This is, this looks like it's got the potential of being something terrible. You know who I'm going to force to watch this? Well, we've done it before. We did it with the Justice League of America. Uh-huh. Another bad the, movie. The television movie. I just don't think you like me very much sometimes. I love you. Oh, good. I know you've been listening to the episodes. So I have, actually. What is your knowledge of Mandrake? Mandrake fights poorly, and he gets into scrapes with people. He does magic. He do- What? He, does he gets magic. into scrapes with people he does magic. Yeah, he does magic. Okay. Er- Laramie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so tired. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yes, Mandrake the Magician. Uh, he's a magician who fights crime. Mm-hmm. In the movie series, it was really just a private investigator. In this one, at least he does magic. Yeah, he like, does. Actual magic. It makes very intense eye contact with you. <laughs> and holds a golden stone. and Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that. So uh, this movie, television movie, aired January 24th, 1979 on NBC. And as I mentioned earlier, intended as a pilot for a TV series. Of course, that TV series did not get picked up. Huh. Wonder why. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, fun fact here. I found out that the movie was directed by Harry Falk. And as soon as I saw that, I mentioned to Bethany, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Mandrake was created by a guy named Lee Falk. I wonder if there's a relationship. Apparently there is not. It is just pure just coincidence. A, he goes, surely that's not a coincidence. There's no way that's a coincidence. Five yeah. minutes later, he goes, it's a coincidence. Yeah. It's a coincidence. It's just a coincidence that the guy who created it and the guy who directed this movie both have the last name Falk, which is a unusual last name, but they both have it. Good for them. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into this. This is probably going to be a pretty short episode because there's, yeah. <laughs> there's really there's not a not lot of a stuff lot. to talk about. Uh, but let's get into the characters. We'll start off with Mandrake himself, played by Anthony Herrera, who was a soap opera star at the time. I couldn't really find a lot of other stuff he did. What? You mean the guy who put in this performance of just standing there staring people with dead eyes? Didn't go on to do bigger and better things? Nope, he did not. At least not that I could tell. He Again, big soap opera star, which was very evident in his performance uh-huh. here. Um, it, I will say this. This character is a lot closer to the character of Mandrake than the movie serials were. Mm-hmm. But it's still not quite uh, the character. He, he wears all black. He's got like a black turtleneck. He looks like Chris Angel before Chris Angel sits in the makeup chair. Just like... 
Sure. No makeup on, just all black, super goth, and then like heavy jewelry. But no facial hair. I mean, Mandrake's supposed to have a, a little pencil mustache. He had no facial hair. He did not wear a hat, no top hat, no no cape. You know, uh, Mandrake always had the, the big magician cape. Again, he was just dressed um, more, I mean, I guess they were trying to keep it more modern. Yeah, to the, I mean, he the didn't time. look like a magician. And, uh, like a stereotypical magician. Yeah. Well, no, I would say he did because he kind of, uh, he had a lot of similarity to like David Copperfield at the time. Okay. Um, I don't know. He was just boring. Oh my gosh. Like, I can't imagine anyone watching this movie and being like, yeah, I want to watch a whole series about this guy. This guy who, Literally looked at a woman, kissed her, and said, I did that so you would shut up. Yeah, yep, yep. Bethany's going to have a lot to say about the way the female characters uh, are portrayed in this movie. All two of them. Yep, yep, (laughs) yep. There are only two. Um, But let's get into a character you actually did like. Uh, So Mandrake aside, because like Bethany said, there's nothing to him. Uh, He is the main character. We do see a lot of him, but he is stoic. There's not a lot of emotion in his performance um he does a lot of staring um he does fight (laughs) but it's cheesy and yeah then we get i mean to to be fair during that time television fighting was cheesy yeah, I will say the fighting's a lot better than it was in the movie serials. Yeah. Definitely but, a lot better than it was in the movie serials. But, but the still. the one with the guy at the end where they're both standing there with the <laughs> the martial art pose. I think you and I both laughed out loud. Yeah. They're just kind of, oh, with their hands out. Uh, but anyway, uh, speaking of the, ha- the fighting, let's talk about Lothar. Um, and Lothar in this is played by, and I'm going to attempt this the best of my ability, it's played by G2 Kambuka. I liked him a lot. Yeah. Uh and G2 he was... Kambuka, he he's he did a lot of stuff in the 70s and into the 90s. Uh he was in Roots. Yeah. Um I I actually when I was looking him up, I saw a picture of him from Roots and I was like, "Hi, he he was in Roots." He was he was charming. He didn't have a lot to do in the movie. That's exactly my point because Lothar's supposed to be Mandrake's bodyguard. But he's, he's the not one that's there. supposed to do the fighting. But he's never there, and like he sends him off on errands. But when he's around, he's like really charming and interesting. I want to watch a movie about Lothar and Stacy. Those are the two I care about. Yeah, yeah, Stacy, which not from the comics. Stacy's the uh, the magician's assistant. You know what? I learned more about Stacy in the first five minutes of this movie than I learned about Mandrake in the whole movie. And just so you know, Stacy was telling us about her past lives. Not Cleopatra this time, but she was apparently in a past life. She was a soldier in the Revolutionary War at Pigeon Forge. No, at not Pigeon, Pigeon Forge. Forge. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm very tired. Um, What was the place? It was Valley Forge? I Valley don't, Forge. I don't remember this part. Valley so Forge. That, and again, that tells you how great this movie is. Um. <laughs> But, like, that's in the first five minutes. And I, I hear that and I go, I know everything I need to know about Stacy. And then she's very sarcastic to a man. And top of, top of the list for me. Yeah. Stacy was played by Simone Griffith, um, who, again, kind of appeared in a bunch of stuff in the 80s. Um, 
and then kind of almost nothing in the 90s and then did a few things I don't recognize at all from the 2000s. I mean, and she was kind of his gopher as well. Like she was, she seemed to be a bit more capable than Mandrake at times because he would just send her off to do stuff and she would go off and you wouldn't hear from her for 20 minutes and then she'd come back and she'd say something very charming and then she would disappear again for another 20 minutes. But there is this one part at the beginning where they're discussing something. I can't even remember specifically what it was. And this guy looks at her and he says, are you serious? And she just looks at him with a big old smile on her face. And she goes, no, I just said that to get your dimple to dance. Because <laughs> she's, because it's stupid. Like, why would you ask her if she's serious? But, um, but yeah, I liked him. I liked Lothar. He nice. was. He was charming, but he just didn't get a chance to do much. And maybe no, and he if was the kind series of, had continued, yeah. he could have. But Because in terms of this movie, he, really, Lothar didn't have to be in it. Like, there was no. absolutely nothing that warranted Lothar being in the movie. Because, I mean, it didn't even really make sense during or Stacey, magic for that act. matter. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, Stacey, at least yeah, with the magic, act, for the magic act. Um, I mean, at least one of them for the magic act. Mm-hmm. Since they were both kind of the assistant to the magician, did he really need two assistants? Yes, because they were the only ones with personality. Like, I want to say in the first two minutes of the movie, he's, like, doing his magic act. And he makes a comment about how he doesn't tell jokes and he doesn't. And I'm just like, oh, good. This is the movie we're watching. A movie with a very uncharming magician. Yeah. Well, I guess you had to have them both for the magic part. Just because Lothar is from the comic. I mean, he's yeah. he's an, a vital part to the comic. It's, he's the sidekick. Um, and, but but then you had to have Stacy because magician when, you know, you always think of the, the lovely assistant. You know, the woman getting sawed in two or, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, the woman getting turned into the tiger as she does. Te- in yes, the- she does. I mean, but I'm saying you could have had one or the other. Like, if Lothar was important because he was in the comic, then it should have been his assistant, Lothar. Or Lothar, I don't know why Lothar was involved in the magic act. Like, Lothar's supposed to just be his bodyguard. Okay, well then have him, like, be the one climbing the stupid uh, roller coaster to fight the brain dead guy. Yeah. I mean, just give Lothar something to do. Yeah, Mandrake could still do his little, you know, woo with the <laughs> the amulet. I mean, that was the sound that it really um was. and the you know, where he made something appear. But we'll get into all that a little bit later. Let's keep going with the characters. Uh then you had your other female, Jennifer Lindsay, played by Gretchen Corbett, famous for the Rockford Files, for those of you who remember that. Um but again, She's a character that... She is a cardboard cutout of a human being. They they yeah. just move along. She was there, yeah, just for uh, for plot. Uh-huh. Uh, and that was the only reason she was there. They were There was apparently supposed to be some sort of romantic tension between her and Mandrake. But... No. I mean, I will... S- <laughs> there wasn't. There wasn't. But I will say, like, at least she had a bit more personality. She just didn't have anything to play off of. I'm really sorry to Mr. Herrera. I know you're a big fan of this podcast, and I hate that we're just bashing you like this, but um, I'm sure you were great on all of your soap operas. Yeah. So, 
and again, the fact that you're watching this thinking that you're really just watching a one hour pilot or one hour and a half, hour and a half pilot for a television show, I guess that Gretchen Corbett's character, Jennifer Lindsay, was just supposed to be the the person who needs Mandrake's help for that episode. Like yeah. she I don't think they were establishing her Basically as Basically the Bond girl, just like the the eye candy kinda, for the but they got Stacy, so it's not so much that. I think it's just that she was the the person who, because again, shows back then, you're looking at the A-Team, you're looking at the Incredible Hulk, which was on air at this time, where the hero just goes from place to place to place, and there's always the, this is the person who needs the hero's help. And this for is this the episode, it was week. Yeah, and for this episode, it was uh, Jennifer Lindsay. Yeah. And then you, but, but... Then you had another per the person they were actually helping, uh, which was Arcadian. Which as soon as they say that name, I go, "This must be the villain," but, but he it wasn't. wasn't. Yeah, uh, played by Robert Reed, who many people remember as Mr. Brady, Mike Brady from the original <laughs> The Brady Bunch, uh, Dude, the television this, show, not the movies. This is not a good indication of who Mike Brady is as a person. Sorry, Arca yeah. Robert Reed. Yeah, Arcadian. It's weird because he's apparently the the owner of an amusement park, but that, also like a he he has money everywhere. Yeah, because he's also running like a a pageant. Yeah, that, that's where we first meet him. It, but it was like his dream to build a roller coaster. I don't know. He was rich. Yeah, but again, he was just he was also funding stuff for the government. But shh, don't tell anybody. I don't know. Yeah, so he was the focus of. The villains who Mandrake and Mandrake was trying to help him. And I again, I'm thinking you've got another pretty popular, recognizable actor in Robert Reed. Uh, you named him Arcadian. Uh, and The most villainous of yeah. names. <laughs> and so I'm thinking, okay, there's going to be a twist. You're going to find out that he's actually responsible and it's some insurance ploy or something. Uh, that he's the pulling riveting, the riveting. But no, he is literally the victim. Fraud. He is the victim. Yeah, and so he really is. Yeah. like I kept waiting for there to be a turn of being like, "Haha, Mandrake, I had you fooled this whole time. I've had my people killed." Yeah, but no. No, his friend friend gets blown up the he, first time we meet him, and then and then at the end of the show, they all sit down. And yeah, watch he shows he shows up at the magic act at the end and watch them. Stab you got a seat Stacey. for me? Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, but now there was one character I want to talk about, and that was Theron, uh, who is from the comics, actually, uh, was in the Mandrake comic strip from a storyline called Derek, where Mandrake finds out he has a, a brother, uh, from December of 1948 to April of 1949, uh, Theron popped up and all of that. In this, he's played by the legendary James Hong, which I was actually, this is completely side note, uh, I've been rewatching uh, the television show Bones. It's kind of just that show that I'm binging while I'm doing other things. And I just watched an episode that he was in. Uh, but many people know James Hong from uh, Big Trouble in Little China. He was the voice of uh, Chifu. Is that how you pronounce it? I think so. In Mulan. Uh, he was uh, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, the, the way people saw Ryan Reynolds in the movie uh, R.I.P.D., uh, you know, the old guy, and whenever he'd hold the gun, he was holding a banana. Uh, and then mo most recently, he was the voice of Mr. Gao in Turning Red. That's a legendary actor, James Hong. 
and he plays Theron in this. And of course, I'm watching it going, James, has James Hong ever been young? Because even in this, <laughs> he's an old man. And we're still seeing him in stuff now. Forever old. Yeah. I want to be forever old. But in this, they give us a background story where Mandrake, and I guess you're to assume it was his father, were in a plane crash. And Mandrake, as a child, survived the crash, was taken in by these ancient people. And Theron, who was this, he calls himself the Ancient One, teaches him the ways of magic. And, but in the comics, and he does call him father in these flashbacks, like he eventually calls Theron father. In the comics, he actually is Mandrake's father. Okay. So, um, but they, it's kind of the same idea. It's Mandrake. You think of it like um, Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. You know, in Shang-Chi, his father was like centuries old. You know, it's kind of that same idea. Uh, Theron in the comics is supposed to be like hundreds of years old. And he's had actually had several children. And again, that storyline that he's in is called Derek, uh, who actually becomes one of Mandrake's villains. Um, but yeah, but his, yeah, he's, his, he's Mandrake's father in the comics. His arch nemesis, Derek. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. Mandrake and Derek. Uh, <laughs> yeah, with their, their father, Theron. Look, it was ni- it was the 1940s. They weren't really <laughs> no, thinking about No, no, trust me. Uh, Derek's are evil and it's time the world knew. Okay. <laughs> uh, but you've kind of already alluded to this, but as I've liked to start asking my guest after we've talked about the characters mm-hmm. is who would you want to see more of and who do you wish would just walk away and set a kitchen timer on a bomb? <laughs> okay. So here's what I want to happen. Episode two, Mandrake. R.I.P. Mandrake. Mandrake goes to set- You've already killed Mandrake? (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be a spinoff called Stacy and Lothar. And they just go off and they do magic tricks and they, you know, solve crimes. Because they're awesome. Meanwhile, there's, Mandrake... There's your theme song. There's your theme song. <laughs> Stacy and Lothar doing magic and solving crimes. They're awesome. <laughs> Stacy and Lothar is sponsored by Kellogg's. Stacy and Lothar is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And now it's a sitcom. <laughs> I'm laughing. But no, it starts off... Mandrake goes into the kitchen. He's like, I'm going to make me some eggs. Let me set my little kitchen timer. Oh, no. Boom. (laughs) All you have to do is stare at it for a little bit. And and he'd make it disappear. (laughs) What about you? Who do you want to blow up? Uh, Arcadian. <laughs> no, not Mike Brady. No, he's not he's Mike got Brady. Six in this. children, Laramie. He's not Mike Brady. Yes, he, he's always Mike Brady. Do you love movies of a certain age? Do you miss the days of VHS tapes and VCRs and video rental stores? Does the thought of another '80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? If you want to go back to school, back to the future, or even back to the beach, then the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast is for you. I'm Tim Williams, the creator and host, and on each episode, I'm joined by a guest co-host as we revisit a different 80s flick to discuss our first-time watch memories, iconic scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories along the way. New episodes drop every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. 
So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. I was getting to the moving panels. There's really not an awful lot to talk about. It's, there's not a, a true comic connection. We're talking about a comic strip mm-hmm. uh, that you know, kind of got a storyline going and was kind of compiled together to make comics. But you didn't have an awful lot there. But there are some connections. So I want to ask you, was there anything as you were watching this movie that said, oh, that must be from the comic versus things that you just went, nah, that that's definitely was made for the the television show, the movie, whatever you want to say. Um, hmm. So, I don't really know. Okay. Best I could think is maybe like a villain of the week arc type thing. Yeah. Where, I mean, granted, you know, it's probably a bit more long, a bit longer than a week. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it just kind of that, like, here's an arc. It's a villain. Once we get to the end of this arc, boom, done. And in a television yeah. series, which is, I mean, it's obvious just watching it because we were watching it and you said, well, you know, this was meant to be a pilot. And I was like, oh, that makes Which I didn't tell you so till the sense. end, till it was over. That makes yeah. so much more sense. Um, so it kind of felt like that, like, here is a problem. We're going to go through it. And Mm -hmm. then at the end of this episode, it's done. Yeah. And maybe there's a little bit of character development, not for Mandrake. Mandrake's a perfect cutout of a human being. We don't want to make him have feelings or emotions or thoughts, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's the way comics were. You're talking, you know, when it was a strip, uh, they maybe had eight panels Mm -hmm. you know maybe 10 panels Mm -hmm. to get that part of the story across but they wouldn't tell a complete story so it would continue over into the next week Mm -hmm. uh next week's comics i mean you're talking about that Derek storyline lasted five months you know so that was a five month storyline Derek. uh so um (laughs) but i actually wondered if i actually was curious if you thought the amulet was part I of was the... curious, but then at the same time, I was thinking back to like, okay, what does a traditional like magician look like? And a traditional like old school, you know, vaudevillian type magician, which is kind of what Mandrake seemed to be. He's a stage magician. Yeah. So like a vaudevillian type magician didn't really carry around amulets. Is that, is it in the comic? Or? No. Uh, to my knowledge, again, we're talking about a whole bunch of. I haven't read through all the Mandrake stuff. Uh, I just read your notes. Yeah. But the amulet is not from the comics, to my knowledge. Uh, in the comics, he just does magic. Like yeah. he just he just does magic. Uh, he, again, he is dressed like the typical. I think he's dressed more like what you're saying, the vaudevillian looking magician, where it's almost mm-hmm. like the tuxedo with the, the yeah. cape and the top hat, and he's got the pencil mustache, maybe the wand. Uh, whereas this one, he's more dressed like the Vegas yeah stage show magician. Yeah. Um, although he, they're in Tahoe. Like, did you pick up on that? <laughs> his big, his his big Magic residency. Magic is very big in Tahoe. This Larry. entire movie takes place in Tahoe. Magic is very important to the Tahoeans. But what I did like about the amulet, uh-huh. and I'm not saying it was a great thing, but what I liked about it was that it gave Mandrake kind of his kryptonite. His weakness. Yeah, yeah, it was his weakness. I'll, I'll give you that. Without the amulet, he did not have his powers. 
But the what gave him his powers. He, but and and I I will say I did kind of like this about the story is that they establish he's not only like an actual magician who can do literal magic, but he's also an illusionist. So he knows how to you know break locks and get out of yeah the straight um, jacket. straight jackets. The only problem I have with the straight jacket was is it looks there was like no he, sense. He just popped the yeah. It looks like he must like he hulks out of it. He's like. Mm. You know, he, he's, and then you just, you're just seeing the straps pop off the back. And I'm, that's how he does it. That's how Houdini did it. No, Laramie. that's not how Houdini did no, it. No, I, I know. I talked to him. Um, <laughs> and then there were the times where the aim was just a little much. Yeah. Uh, when they got into the speedboat, <laughs> they were like, there's no key. He just. It, <laughs> no, it, they do have to do the close up on his eyes. And the, I don't think they did on that one. I think they just show him, him put his hands on the amulet. You hear the. And then the the boat starts up, and I'm like, really? Like, get Lothar to like hotwire it really quick or something. I I think that's problematic, Laramie. Let Mandrake do something. No, let Lothar do something. I mean, Lothar, Lothar didn't do, do doesn't do anything. Should do something, but hot, don't say that. Well, uh, but I did like that uh, hypnosis. Bethany talked about the illusions. Um, it was really more of hypnosis, mm-hmm. which is a big part of the comic. That right. is actually, that is his main power in the comic. Which makes sense. A lot of what you th- you think he's doing, he's actually just m- tricking people to believe he's doing it through hyp- hypnosis. Which I really thought, I I thought was happening the in this. And- yeah, he had the tiger. He had the little, just the brick wall come out of nowhere that the guy swerved <laughs> to miss. Um, they, uh, a lot of other things. They wily coyote that guy. Well, that's my question. Did you think that he was actually creating this stuff? I think he was. I think it would have been better because there was the thing with the fire, mm-hmm. like the guy. But, but clearly, never, the fire was there, wasn't it? I don't know. The, the there's only one person in the entire movie that it actually touches or interacts with something he creates, and that's the guy at the end that he like ties up with the snakes yeah that was weird why would it because he can't do ropes yeah I, I i didn't get that because yeah the fire the guy doesn't get burned by it it just prevents him from running any further uh the one guy is he's going for the bomb mandrake makes all the spiders appear but you never see a spider get onto the guy uh-huh. uh you know there's just a, and again the 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 guy driving the car, he throws the wall up, but the guy turns and crashes into something else. He yeah. doesn't crash into the wall. So I was a little confused as to, are these illusions tangible? Now, um, listeners, you might not know this about my dear husband, Laramie, but he is deathly afraid of spiders. And all I could think of when this scene pops up, when the spiders are everywhere and there's the bomb, is if it were Laramie, he would just like kick that bomb as far away from him as possible. I mean, it probably would have still <laughs> uh, and it would have gone off. Goal. Yeah. I mean, there's one part when Mandrake just pips, picks up the bomb, looks around like, what am I going to do with this? And then just throws it just into the air. Just reset the timer, Mandrake. God. Yeah. Yeah, all these bombs have a little kitchen timer <laughs> attached to them. Uh, but I also like that even the, the villains had a hypnosis mm-hmm. aspect to them where... They took all of these. Uh, they were all like sleeper soldiers. Yeah, but and they were all former Navy. Yeah, they were all like Navy veterans. Uh, and they were they had all been hypnotized to where a um, a phrase, which is the phrase I said in the cold open, 
where a phrase would trigger them and they would go and set off a bomb somewhere and they became suicide bombers um, because they would always just stay there until the bomb went off. Right. Uh, and of course would fight off anybody who was trying to stop them. But just like sit there and read the paper, wouldn't they? Like, yeah, the one guy, one guy, one guy just, just like sits sit down, read the newspaper. pulls out the newspaper. Yeah. Uh, but, and then I was confused by at the end when they do, they, you know, Mandrake ties up the guy with the snakes. Mm-hmm. Then as, as the cops do. are coming, he makes it all disappear, I guess, to hide what he's doing, which made it even more confusing because I'm like, isn't he working with well, the he's government? He's a government employee, but these are these these snakes are not sanctioned by the government. You need a special permit for that, which Mandrake had, but he let it lapse. So, yeah, and they so don't they don't gonna... reveal like who he works for. It's just like he's working for the, the agency. Government. I think they call it the agency. Um, but they never... But don't worry. So does Arcadian. Arcadian also works for yeah. the government. But, yeah. But then the fact that he makes it disappear as they're coming, it's like, is he hiding that he has powers? But if he's hiding that he has powers, why? Why are you wearing this gigantic well, amulet no, on the outside of your shirt? It was 1979. <laughs> uh, but also, like, why is the government working with him unless they know he has some special ability it that was confusing. That was very confusing. Um, but yeah, anything storyline wise else you want to talk about? Because there's not a lot to this movie. There just isn't a lot, and it to just it. ends. So we never. He doesn't actually stop the bad guys, no. which is I think was again establishing for the series that it was going to be this this mysterious organization, right? That is that Mandrake is there to stop, but we have no reveal. We don't know like who's in charge. We we meet this one guy. I didn't even remember his name. No. But we meet this one guy, but doesn't really seem like he's actually in charge. He was just the one leading this particular mission because uh, he was the one making all the phone calls to the guys giving them the, the code, the phrase. Um, you know, that's a very them. important job. All you got to do is get one word wrong. And the person's like, I'm sorry, who is this? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there wasn't much to this story. Um. No, I mean, they're just there there's not a lot. You're right. There's not much to add when it comes to yeah. this movie. It was not good. I will I will like to add that there was one scene where I was excited because they're like, Stacy is going to check on Jennifer. And I was like, Oh, we're gonna have one scene where they will open the door and Jennifer will say, Hey Stacy, how's it going? And Stacy will be like I'm great. How are you? How are you feeling? How's your dad? Blah, blah, blah. And then someone will get kidnapped. But no. Stacy knocks on the door. She goes. And then guy opens the door. I don't know why he would open the door. Or no, she breaks in. Say, she just, breaks she just, in. Well, she doesn't break in. I think she just. She goes the into the house. Or... And, and Jennifer is being gagged. So they're just like, no, yeah, we know the there are two women here. There, we know there are two women here that they, we both know their names. We're not gonna let those two people talk to each other. And then they punch Stacy in the face. That knocks her out, and they kidnap Jennifer. And that was the '70s saying, like, "Ha ha, Bechtel test hasn't even been invented yet, but we're failing it." Yep. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. This. I mean- it's a typical 70s television show. It's just an hour and a half of one. Just to be fair, also, I am not a huge fan of, like, television shows and movies from the 70s. 
I'm just not a fan of that style. Well, it's just weird because you had... Now I get it. This show wasn't going for the campiness of something like Wonder Woman, which already existed. Honestly, I think that could have helped it. A little bit of campiness probably would have made it a bit better. Even going with a little bit more of a serious tone, The Incredible Hulk was on television at this time. And it was very successful. Uh, You know, it went from, I think, 77 to 82. Uh, So it was right in the middle of mm-hmm. the Incredible Hulk's run, but it it wasn't as good as the Incredible Hulk. And Superman the movie had just come out the year before this too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they were starting to be very successful with comic book adaptations, uh, not only in movies but television. And this one just doesn't. Do you think if maybe the person who is playing Mandrake had been a little bit more charismatic? Yes. Just like a bit more interesting. The story would have at least been tolerable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And even you talked about how much like you Lothar, the joke he says at the end about his, uh, his, I don't remember what relative it was that was in the Olympics. And they were like, well, what did he do in the Olympics? Well, he was a javelin catcher. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, javelin catcher? And he was like, yeah. He was very strong. He was not and, very bright. But he wasn't very bright. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, and was that was supposed like, to be a joke? It's just like, like, okay, that's weird, but all right, all right. But no, like, nobody got it. Yeah. Because, I'm sorry, Mr. Herrera. You know I love you. You're always invited to Christmas, but you are, you just were not very good in this. What? Nothing. Um. All right, so uh, this is going to be a short episode, but there really isn't a lot to talk about. I mean, we... We've pretty much summed up this entire hour and a half movie in 30 minutes. And if you're sitting um, there going like, but wait, what's the movie about? So are we. Yeah. Yeah. It really, because, yeah, the even the the exposition about why they are going after Arcadian, and it makes no, no sense. sense. Uh, Except he's rich, but then he's apparently not rich, but then apparently he is rich. I don't know. Yeah, it's very Spoiler confusing. alert, he also rich. Yeah. But, so let's just go ahead and get into it. Bag it, stack it, or trade it. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I trade it. I trade it. Really? I would love a good spinoff I'm with shocked. Stacey and Lothar. I will tell you, and, and it's not just me like trying to dig for... They're genuinely very charismatic, interesting people to watch on screen. Yes. But the rest of it's just... I mean, even Mike Brady is boring to watch. And I don't know no. if it's just what they were given... Yeah, that's the thing. Some of the direction in this movie. There's the part where Mandrake and Arcadian are talking like up in the stands at the little pageant. And they just walk up the stands, talk a little, and then just walk back down. Yeah. And that made no sense. Mm -mm. No sense. And and then there was... Some of the direction was weird. A lot of it was weird. I get that even... I get that it was 1979. Technology in terms of stuff that we can do now, not great. But some of the establishing shots, you could tell like it was just a guy like in a helicopter or something and it was so shaky. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, we're at this area now and, you know, hold on to your lunch. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I will say there is a shot though, talking about the cinematography, when Mandrake and Arcadian are talking at the amusement park. Yeah. And the shot is aimed up at them and it's a very comic book yeah. panel type shot 
but what so, they're saying is so yeah, boring. But it's just a cool shot. You don't yeah, care at all what they're talking about. So yeah, it's a trade it for me to uh as we said, you know, Anthony Herrera is just not it's not a very captivating leading man. No. And especially if he's supposed to be a hero. And the who the show is about. Yeah. Like I don't care. I I would if I had to because you have to also believe that Lothar and Stacy are not going to be in every episode. But Mandrake, he's the title character, so he's going to be in every episode. Yeah. And I don't want to watch that. Yeah, no, and I I I don't recommend it. Um they apparently never really released this. Uh you can probably find it online the same way we did. Uh, Somebody in 1979 recorded it off of NBC on a VHS mm-hmm. and have kept it and then eventually yeah, uploaded it to it. YouTube. Uh, and I don't know if NBC really even cares about the copyright uh, and all, but yeah, it's not great. It's not good. I don't see... There's talk. There's been talk probably in the last couple of decades about doing Mandrake again. Uh, I know at one point... Uh, this is going to come completely out of the blue. At one point, Hayden Christensen, I think, huh. was set to be Mandrake. But most recently, as of 2017, so this is still like five years ago, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen <laughs> was okay. going to do Mandrake. And I would see they would maybe you know probably do make more that of a campy. Yeah, make, make it a little bit more campy. But he'd also have the look. You know, he'd yeah. have the mustache. I know he would have that mustache. Yeah. You know, and he would have probably the top hat. And um, they, I don't know if they'd make it a period piece and set it, you know, in the 30s or 40s. If but. he, honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing if, if it was almost like a silly. T- I just, yeah. I don't know. It's, no, not, it's kind of boring. Just the whole premise of it, to be completely honest. No, it's fine. It's just, it, Okay, he's a magician and he solves crimes. Yeah. But again, we're talking about he came out before Superman, the the character did. And so the superhero did not exist yet. That didn't come until Superman in 1939. Yeah. Mandrake was several years before that. Uh, You know, Mandrake is considered by many the first superhero uh, because his powers were beyond that of what a normal person should be able to do. And so he is, many people consider him the first superhero. But it wasn't that superhero that we became accustomed to. That wasn't until Superman. Um, and so, yeah, he was he had superpowers in terms of the magic, but it wasn't really refined, you know, that mm-hmm. way to make him a superhero. Uh, so, yeah, it, it there is a little disconnect there. Uh, it, it got a little bit better with the Phantom, who was the next person. Um, who sometimes gets the credit as being the first superhero. Mm-hmm. You know, there's Mandrake, there's the Phantom, and then there was Superman in that order. Uh, but it was refined with Superman. And that's why right. Superman, I think, officially gets the credit, and he's considered kind of the grandfather of the superheroes. Uh, but Mandrake still has his place in that. And they made it work later. So in the 80s, and who knows, I might decide to pull up some of these episodes again, but try. In the... No, in the eighties, there was actually a a pretty good cartoon uh, called "Defenders uh, of the Earth." I wouldn't in, mind a cartoon in which Mandrake was one. It was a team. It was Mandrake. It was Lothar. It was the Stacey. Phantom, and it was uh, Flash Gordon. Okay, and uh, they were a team, 
And it was an animated series that was actually fairly successful. Not extremely successful, because again, we're talking characters that a lot of people weren't familiar with. But it was pretty successful. And so uh, maybe we'll take a look at that and just kind of go in order of all the Mandrake stuff. But uh, but I think that's it uh, for today. Again, fairly short episode. But again, not much to talk about. We've talked about half the length of the whole movie. Yeah. So there you go. And we've talked about pretty much everything that is worth anything in this movie. And some of the things that aren't worth anything there you in go. this movie. All right. So... Uh, so thanks everybody for joining us on this uh, trip through Mandrake, uh, Mandrake the Magician properties. Again, might decide to do the comic book, uh, the cartoon, excuse me, the cartoon, and uh, just kind of wrap it all up and talk about a little bit of, with the uh, the cartoon. But we'll see. Uh, I think we'll go ahead and move on to some other stuff for a little bit. But for today, thank you, Bethany, uh, for joining me as always, and thank you for uh, sitting through this Mandrake movie. You're welcome, and I get to pick the next movie of course no problem i mean you picked barbarella so you're welcome <laughs> universe <laughs> all right for moving panels i'm laramie wells and i'll see you on the other side of the page What seems to be the problem, pal? There's just so much pain in the world, so many issues. I don't think I can bear it. Well, friendo, it sounds like you could use a dose of pop culture roulette. Pop culture roulette? What's that? Some sort of pop culture themed podcast or something? That's right, sonny boy. When hope seems far, dive into some PCR. But I already get my entertainment news from Variety. Huh, that's pretty good. If you're a chucklehead, PCR gives you news you need, condensed, unfiltered, and raw, from three nerds who know a little something about something. Wow, okay, sign me up. That's the spirit. Pop Culture Roulette. New episodes every Monday, available on all major podcast directories.